It's March 27, 1973, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. Sachin Littlefeather's moccasins and tasseled buckskin dress were quite a contrast to the gaudy 70s evening wear that surrounded her at the 45th Academy Awards Today in History in 1973. Yet her outfit was about to be the least of Tinseltown's worries because not only was Littlefeather there to turn down Marlon Brando's Best Actor Award, she was also preparing to deliver an extraordinary rebuke of Hollywood's portrayal of Native Americans on the silver screen. And she was carrying a note that Marlon Brando had written for her. It was a seven. 139-word harangue, but just before she was meant to go on the stage, the producer of the show, Howard W. Cock, drew the line. He took it to one side and said, look, you can go on, but you are not giving that kind of speech. You know, we wouldn't let the actual winner give that length of speech if it was actually about the film. So the tone of her remarks in the truncated version was actually very mild. That's the weird thing about it, is that you think it's going to be very strong and very calling Hollywood out, but it's actually just kind of polite, being Mm. like, could we not do this anymore? Yeah, it's actually so brief that even Mm. in our tightly constricted show, I can now read the whole thing, right? This is what she said, which doesn't seem controversial to me, bearing in mind the ripples that this made. Hello, my name is Sashin Littlefeather. I'm Apache and I'm a president of the National Native American Affirmative Image Committee. I'm representing Marlon Brando this evening and he's asked me to tell you in a very long speech, which I cannot share with you presently uh, because of time, but I will be glad to share with the press afterwards that he very regretfully cannot accept this very generous award. And the reasons for this being are the treatment of American Indians today by the film industry and on television in movie reruns and also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I beg at this time that I have not intruded upon this evening and that in the future our hearts and our understandings will meet with love and generosity. Thank you on behalf of Marlon Brando. I mean, considering that that was improvised, I thought it was pretty gracious, really. It was amazing. And just to explain what Wounded Knee was, so... That's a place in South Dakota, which was the site of this month-long standoff between Native American activists and US authorities, which had been sparked by the murder of a Lakota man. And basically, it was this thing that was subjected to this huge media blackout. But people really didn't know what to make of it. Not the audience, you know, hissing on the one hand and applauding on the other, nor the press particularly, like the write-ups are a full mix of reaction, nor the 85 million people watching on television, you know, bear in mind that people were expecting Brando to come on stage and suddenly there's this woman dressed in, you know, full Native American regalia talking about something that's also a little bit unclear because she doesn't have very much time to explain herself. So people were like, is this a prank? Is it some surrealist performance piece? Yeah, there is a legend that apparently John Wayne was in the wings of the stage and he was so infuriated by her remarks that he had to be restrained by security guards. Mm -hmm. There are people who are against the stunt not because they disagreed with the politics but because they thought that Brando himself should have done it and taken the blowback. You know, he's invited a Native American woman to make this speech on his behalf. You know, she's a relatively unknown 26-year-old woman and that he should have really done this in person and then just accepted the criticism that came his way. I think if I'd have been watching the whole statement that she'd intended to make, I'd have had a very different view to what I have. I watched this one-minute speech and I think, wow, she is strong. Those are fierce words. This is a moment. It's exciting. Actually, if you see her recite the whole thing that Brando had written, which she did shortly before she died um, for the Academy, they, they filmed it. Oh, it goes on. 
and <laughs> basically tells the entire history of the oppression of Native Americans and then halfway through has the sentence, you're probably wondering what the hell has this got to do with the Academy Awards? <laughs> and actually, if I'd have found myself sitting in the audience listening to that, that is exactly what I would be thinking because you, it, would, it would have been a complete hijacking mm. of what is supposed to be a celebratory night about the movies into politics. However, this one-minute version totally focused on the movie industry because she improvised it rather than Red Brando's stuff, is much more effective, I think. Mm. You have to ask yourself, what world was Brando living in where he was picturing her giving this entire speech to like a rapt audience <laughs> yeah. and halfway through it's like, you're probably wondering, what, as if they wouldn't have got the shepherd's crook out by then and wrapped her up. So how did she get here? Well, she wasn't born Sashin Littlefeather. Her birth name was Marie Louise Cruz. She was born in Salinas, California in 1946. Her parents, Manuel and Geraldine, were both leather workers and they ran a saddle shop. Um, she moved to the Bay Area in 1969 to study at California State University and pursue a modelling career. And it was around this time that she started getting involved with native politics. She joined a group called United Bay Indian Council. This was the moment where the so-called Red Power movement was starting to pick up. There was an occupation of Alcatraz Island that went on for like... 18 months by activists and that received nationwide coverage. You know, she was young, she was passionate. It didn't hurt that she was very pretty as well. She did mm. modelling that caught attention that otherwise maybe the movement wouldn't have received. She playboy, didn't she? And it was interesting. In 1972, she was among a group of Native American models recruited for a nude horseback spread in Playboy, which apparently Hugh Hefner then spiked that because he said it wasn't erotic enough. It's funny that they went all the way through with doing the shoot and then he was like, no. What, do you know what? Maybe it's like, you know that thing where people have sexual fantasies and then they do them and they're like, actually, that's that wasn't sexy. Yeah, like, please stop. He saw the pictures and was like, mm, oh no, sorry, not this. <laughs> and what was special about this particular Academy Awards ceremony was this was the first year that the Oscars were being broadcast internationally via satellite. So until this point, obviously, they, they were seen all around the world, but only on tape, whereas this was going out live. And this was a pretty good year for movies, not only The Godfather, but also Cabaret, American Graffiti, The Exorcist. There were a lot of films that had cut through all around the world that people wanted to tune in to see the glamorous stars of them going up the red carpet. So if you're going to make a political statement like this, this was kind of the first time you could ever do something like this. And just, just the visual of... I was about to say Native American woman, but actually any woman of colour coming on stage at mm. all, never, <laughs> never mind as the winner of the prize, but actually just being there on stage at all and given a voice felt like mm. a stunt. But despite this huge moment cutting through, I mean, this was headline news everywhere, she wasn't invited onto any TV shows, seemingly. There was a feeling amongst all the establishment, whether they liked or didn't like this intervention, that her part was done now. And that if they wanted to speak to anyone about it, it was Brando. I feel like these days you'd be speaking more to the activist. I mean, she was actually an activist. She wasn't just an actress. She was an activist. Yeah. But Brando was the person they wanted to speak to. Eventually, he went on the Dick Cavett show and he has no regrets for having done it, basically, and says that he understands why the Academy were annoyed because, quote, you're ruining our fantasy with the intrusion of a little reality. Mm. I mean, Little Feather herself is a little bit more mixed about her involvement in it because on the one hand, she does think that it did something good for Native American causes within the US at an important moment, but she also says that she personally feels that she was blacklisted or, as she says, red-listed and wasn't able to pursue the uh, entertainment career that she had in mind for herself when she was a bit younger. Um, look, to the credit of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and 
sciences. They did apologise to her. It's just that their timing wasn't great. It took them 50 whole years <laughs> to finally uh, send a letter of apology, first of all, and then they had this evening, which uh, was billed as a very special programme of conversation, reflection, healing and <laughs> celebration. A very special programme of us just absolutely hands up saying, please don't <laughs> yeah. think we're racist. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry. We should have sorry. done this 50 years ago, but definitely we're not racist, everybody. And also, you're about to die, Sashin Littlefeather, so we better do this quickly before you do. And then she did die in autumn 2022. Yeah, and almost immediately after her death, in an opinion piece that was published in the San Francisco Chronicle, these two women who were understood to be the sisters of uh, Littlefeather came forward and told the Native American writer Jacqueline Keeler that their family wasn't actually Native American. Yeah, Rosalind and Trudy Cruz had come to Keela after she published this list in 2021 of 200 academics and public figures who claimed Native heritage, which she had investigated and found to have no basis. You know, she specialises in the phenomenon of self-indigenization. you know, people kind of pretending to have vague claims to Native ancestry. Pretendians, she calls them. Mm. And so Rosalind and Trudy said to her, it's disgusting to the heritage of the tribal people and it's just insulting to my parents. They objected to her depiction of her life, not only the fact that she claimed to have this native ancestry, which they said wasn't true, but she had described being brought up in a rundown shack at the mercy of a cruel alcoholic father. And they claimed that she took that from their own father's childhood. He apparently had, was the one who had the abusive and neglectful upbringing. They also said that they thought Sashin, her name, came from a company that supplied the ribbons the sisters used in their dressmaking classes. I suppose the point is that most people don't know that stuff. Like, we know it because we've been researching this episode. Most people do know that Marlon Brando sent a Native American woman to the Oscars in 1973. Yeah. And it just shows the incredible visual power of him doing that rather than him going up and just making a speech because you'd have forgotten about it then. One thing I love about Littlefeather is that in November 2019, she received the Brando Award, which recognises <laughs> individuals for their contributions to Native American rights. I'm going to refuse this award and I'm going to send, in place of myself, myself. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow. Dear Miss Van Horn, you bitch. Sincerely, Ed Sullivan. <laughs> Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts. Part of the ACAST Creator Network.